Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mike Springston FFC Podcast. We welcome you in today into our uh, service, into our podcast teaching. We appreciate uh, all of those of you that are downloading uh, our information from around the world and around the United States of America. I pray that you're being blessed by the Word of God, that our teaching and preaching is ministering to you, helping you grow in the wisdom, revelation, and knowledge of our dear Lord Jesus Christ. Well, uh, today I'm going to uh, share with you part one of a message we preached on January 29th in the AM service of 2023 at Family Fellowship Chapel entitled Winter Sense. It comes from... Paul's question that he asked the men of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19. Now, before we go into that service, I want to tell you that we would love to hear from you. Our means of contact are springston56 at gmail.com, mikespringstonministry.com, ffcma.org, or through Family Fellowship Chapel's messaging. However you choose to... um, Uh, contact us. We would love to hear a word of encouragement. If you have a question, we would love to answer a question. If you have something going on that we can help you with, we would love to. At any rate, we're going to go into the morning message now, and I will be back with you at the conclusion of that message so that uh, we can close out this podcast. May God bless His Word and the hearer going to talk about when or since this morning. We want to welcome all those of you that are with us by Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, Mike Springston FFC Podcast. Uh, we appreciate all those that, that join us through the various ministry methods, not only being in the house of God, but through uh, those media outreaches. We are very blessed, um, although I'm sure there are a lot that are doing it. Uh, we are very blessed to have ours doing what it is doing, uh, not only uh, in the United States, but oftentimes around the world. So, um, belief system is a very interesting thing. Um, biblical belief system is, a, is, is something that uh, has very many different concepts and ideas. We would take in our belief system. The word of an uneducated and absolutely make it truth. Let me prove it to you. How many of you in here learned something that you still do today that is a remedy from your grandmother? Anybody? Yeah. Now, why do you? Why does your belief system allow you to do that? Well, the answer is because you trusted the word of your grandmother. You see that? You build your belief system based on what you trust. So, in Bible relation, you build your belief system based on those of whom you are searching under, listening under, being taught by. You build a belief system. 
A belief system does not happen by accident. It is absolutely built. It is structured. It is created on what you know or what you have seen or what you have been told. That's how you build a belief system. And so very few people uh, develop a belief system based strictly on what they believe based strictly on what they have found out, what they know, what they have researched, what they have found to be true, what they can back up with research and data. Very few people do that. Everybody has an influence. That's what I'm trying to get to. Everybody has an influence. We're going to see that today. Stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word if we can make it all. Okay, here we are. Glory to God. There it is. Acts 19, chapter 2. Let's read. And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard that there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him. Do you notice the word there, believe? That they should build their structure of belief on him, which should come after him, and that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on, upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Word of God. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us. Then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Now, Father, as Jesus speaks today from the throne room of God and as the Holy Spirit is charged to speak the words that he hears, may he reveal Jesus to us. And as he reveals him, may we receive what is being revealed and may we release the words of freedom in Jesus' name. We thank you for all of it in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen, and you can be seated. Now, Paul here comes upon a group of believers. Those believers have structured a belief system. They have determined a means of life. It has been made, developed, and designed, and as far as they know, it's, it's all right, it's all good. They're operating under the assumption that what they have learned um, puts them in the correct stead, in the correct state. Now the Bible says that Paul came upon certain disciples and from those disciples, Paul inquires where they stood, how they were living spiritually, what it was in them that was coming and living and abiding as they dealt among the people in Ephesus. And 
those men, 12 of them, were operating as though they were in absolute tremendous position because Paul says to them, if you look at the scripture, he says, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? So there was a belief structure in which they were operating on. There was something they had placed their faith in. But Paul asked them the question because the entire book of Acts is based on the building of the church under the direction of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, now watch this. We don't even know if there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. What a sad thing to hear. Particularly since Jesus had taught in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 about the Holy Spirit. And then the entire book of Acts is written with the, whole, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the giving of the Holy Spirit in mind. Now I want to say this about that. The book of Acts is the offshoot of the final destination of Jesus Christ. The book of Acts is the outcome of the final destination of Jesus Christ. So when we look into Matthew chapter 28 verse 17 through 19 and we see him saying to them, go into all nations and teach them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are seeing Jesus teaching them not to be water baptized by the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, although there's nothing wrong with that. And that is the tenet under which the church works. But we're seeing Jesus talk to them about the final destination of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, Matthew chapter 28 is the last book of Matthew. In Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus ascend into the clouds of glory. And there he goes where? To be seated at the right hand of majesty. That's what Paul, uh, Peter said in Acts 2. So we're seeing Jesus defining for them what is happening when he goes to the Godhead. Now, in going to the Godhead, Jesus releases the Holy Spirit of which we see in Acts chapter 2. Now, Pete, Paul, having been baptized in the Spirit, asked them, have you received since you believed? Since you believe. Why is that important? Because there are two different conditions that men live under. The first condition is when you believe. What happens when you believe? What causes you to build a belief structure? What is the genesis of your belief structure? What is it you believe? Why do you believe it? Many people would believe and tell you, I don't believe. I don't believe there's a God. I don't believe there's anything above you and me. When we die, we're dead like a dog. That's what many believe. How do you build that belief structure? Well, you don't believe the Word of God. You choose to live in unbelief. So when you believe, there is something that transpires. What is it, Pastor? What happens when you believe? 
Now there are two words here we're looking at. One is when and one is since, right? That's the title of my message, by the way. I told you that, didn't I? When you believe, there is a structure that causes your belief system to transpire. If I ask you to define it, many of you could. The Holy Spirit, according to Jesus' teaching, reproves you. He convicts you. And when He convicts you, there is a convincing that happens in you. And guess what transpires? It's right here. Look at verse 4. They were baptized unto repentance. Now what is repentance? If I ask you to define repentance, some of you could, could, could uh, uh, define it. Some of you could not. Defective repentance means to come into the position where you are sorry. You have regret for who you were, for what you did, for how you acted, for what you said. And so you realize that there is a need to repent. What caused that? What caused that? In them, they were simply repenting unto John's baptism. Under the condition of understanding that there was one coming. So they repented of their wrong based on the one that was coming. But now the one that was coming has come. So Paul meets them where they are and he says, Now, to what were you baptized? And they said we were baptized unto repentance, unto simply saying I'm sorry. Well, what were they repenting to? They were repenting to the idea that they had not followed the Messiah. They were repenting to the idea that they had not followed Jesus Christ whenever He was alive. They repented to the fact that they denied Him. They repented to the fact that they probably were a part of the gang that got together and said, let's crucify, and they went along with it. They repented of that. They repented of not recognizing who Jesus Christ was. They were sorry for that. So their repentance was unto John's preaching. Repent and be baptized because there is one coming, John said, who's greater than I. But you need to repent because you have not recognized the Messiah. You have not recognized the Father of which He preaches. You have not looked into anything and you need to be sorry for that. And so that they were. Now Paul comes along and he asked them the question. Since you believe, well, they had not yet believed to Jesus Christ. They had not yet come to the, to the saving grace of Jesus. Watch what it said. They had not come yet to the lordship of Jesus Christ. They had repented of the fact that they had not believed Him as Messiah and seen the Father's works in Him. But they had never come to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now let's take that into our lives. What is the genesis of believing on Jesus Christ? What is the happening that occurs in man? When a man believes and says, I see it, Jesus Christ has died for my sins. What is happening when that occurs? Well, Jesus told us. He said, the Holy Spirit reproves you. He convicts you. And He convinces you of your sin. 
and of your wrong. He reproves you of judgment and he judges the very one who has created the sin in you. Now I want to tell you this and I want you to hear me very carefully. God, our, let me put it this way. We have a very high value of ourselves. You want to know why? Because we have been told all of our life that God died just for you. If you'd have been the only one on earth, God died for you. He sent Jesus Christ to die for you. That is your value to God. And we have bought that. What did that spawn in us? Well, that spawned in us the idea that we were so valuable to God that we could manipulate, that we could move God, that we could live like we wanted to because we were so valuable to God that God was going to just do for us, give to us, and let us live any way we wanted to live, how we want to live, when we want to live. And then when the day comes when we die or Jesus returns, God loves us so much that everything in God's eyes is going to be all right. You don't have to worry about anything. Because we have been told we are the reason for the cross. Now I want you to hear what I'm saying. We have been told we are the reason for the cross. Well, friend, <laughs> are we the reason Adam fell and Eve fell in the garden? Are we the reason that sin came into the earth? In order to believe that, we would have to say that God instilled sin in Adam so that God could send Jesus to the cross because I'm so valuable. Why didn't He just not let Adam do it? That's a good question, ain't it? Huh? Huh? God's means from the foundation of the earth, before the earth was even made, was to have sin eradicated from the earth. To have sin eliminated in the inner man. To have sin and the power and the clutches and captivity of sin to be destroyed by a legal sacrifice who was perfect and who would take all of the sin. Why? Because God took sin seriously. God took His creation seriously. Who was the benefactor of the seriousness of God? You were. See, we've been told that God valued us. No, no. God valued the eradication of sin. How do you know that, Pastor? Because when sin showed up in heaven, what did God do about it? Didn't he not cast sin out of heaven? When sin showed up and said, I will enthrone myself upon God's people. What did God do about it? Jesus said, I saw him fall as lightning out of heaven. He eradicated sin. Where did he send him? He sent him to be the prince of the power of the air. Then along came God to build the earth. And to create mankind. Where was sin? It was in the prince of the power of the air. So here we see that man is caught 
in the clutches of sin. But we have been told we are so important in the economy of God without reading to hear the Word of God say, Who is man that thou art mindful of him? And who is man that thou visitest him? God's purpose in the cross was the eradication of sin and your response to the cross was the blessing of being able to build a belief system in what Jesus Christ had done. Being able to believe on the work that caused sin to die in you. Your worth was not the reason God sent Jesus to the cross. The reason that God sent Jesus to the cross was to eliminate, eradicate, and once and for all close the deal on how sin would operate in God's creation. Hmm. Hmm. From the foundation of the world, God created a plan whereby you could be the benefactor. You could be the benefactor of the eradication of sin. Hmm. That changes everything, friend. Because if you are not the reason, but the benefactor, then you have to begin to live according to what has been done. What is that? You have to get rid of sin. You have to get rid of sin because sin is the serious thing that sent God's love to the cross. You can't live in sin anymore. You can't think sin anymore. You can't be evil anymore. You can't love evil anymore. You can't want evil anymore. Why? Because God thought sin was so serious that He sent Jesus Christ to die. The benefactor of His death is you, not the reason. Sin had to be eradicated. It had to be eliminated. It had to be brought absolutely into destruction. If there was no destruction, then God's creation would be caught in it forever. But the destruction of sin was able for man to build a belief system. Did you notice? Paul said, have you, what did he say there? But they should believe. They went from doubt to believe. That was the belief structure. Now when did that happen? That's where we're going here. Now I can see in your mind, and probably those that are listening to me on all of the media ministries and saying, Pastor, that's not what we've been told. That's not what we've been taught. That's not how everybody else purports why Jesus went to Calvary. I can't help that, friend. All I can do is tell you that God thinks sin is serious. That's all I can tell you. He thinks it is so serious that for God so loved the world. Now watch what the scripture said. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever builds a belief system on him wouldn't perish. He said, but God came not into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him they might be saved. 
He that believes is condemned not. But he that believes not is condemned already. What are they condemned of? The sin of unbelief. Why would they be condemned? Because sin has been judged. And sin being judged has been eradicated. You being the reciprocant recipient of the eradication of sin could build a belief system on what Jesus Christ accomplished in the cross, in the tomb, in the grave, in the tabernacle as being crowned Lord and seated at the right hand of God. Now here we are. We've been told that we are that valuable to God. Well, once sin is eradicated, the value of man is his belief system. The value of man becomes his belief system. Because as you believe on what Jesus has done, the when happens in your spirit. The when. The Holy Spirit comes and convinces you and convicts you. He convinces you that Jesus Christ has eradicated sin and you no longer have to be held captive to it. Now did you hear me say that He convinces you that He loves you? He convinces you that you are worth the shed blood of Jesus Christ. No, you have heard me say that He convinces you that the thing that held you bondage, captive, and in slavery has been eradicated. It has been eliminated. It has been destroyed. That's what He convinces you of. Now I could go into talking to you about the love of God. And I could spend the rest of this message sharing with you what the love of God is, how it operates, why it operates that way, and what should be your reciprocal response to the love of God. You'll have to get on podcast to hear that. But my belief system is based on the eradication of sin. I believe that Jesus Christ died, carried my sin, bore my sin, was made sin so that I could be made something I am not. How did I get it? I believed on the work of which He did. When He completed that work and eradicated sin and I believed on that work, I was made to be like Him. See there? That's what happened to me. I was made to be like Him. Now watch. I came under the holiness and righteousness of a God who is love. Now, how can I be eradicated from sin and sin be destroyed and eliminated by the work of Jesus Christ? How can I believe that and live like a sinner. That a good question, ain't it? How can I believe in the eradication of sin and that what Jesus did to bear it 
and bury it and then be delivered with the keys of death and hell and then go to the tabernacle as the high priest sprinkle the blood that blotted out the handwriting the blemishes that were against you and then having known the love of God that is holy and righteous choose to live in sin I ain't a very smart guy but somewhere that don't mix, mix that don't match that don't make no sense to me I heard a very well-known preacher stand in his pulpit in front of millions of people and talk about the desperate, sinful lifestyle of one of the young women in his church. And he said, I know she's saved, huh? What? Did you? How could you? Because sin has been eradicated, my friend. Your life should be a life that is pursuing the love of God. What is that, preacher? It is holiness and righteousness. Hmm. Hmm. Someone would tell us that all the responsibility for our life falls into the hands of God. Everything we do now, because we have simply said we believe, Falls into the hands of God. I want you to see this. I want you to listen. Paul said to them, What is it that you have done? And they said, Well, we don't know about a Holy Spirit. We were baptized under the baptism of repentance. We recognized we were wrong. We knew that we didn't do the right thing because we didn't. We repented of, of not seeing Him as the Messiah and not understanding what the Father was doing. And then, then Paul says something pretty interesting. Then Paul said, John baptized you into repentance. What do you suppose has been going on in our world? We have been getting people baptized who simply made a confession and a repentance that they believed or they said they believed on Jesus Christ. But something happened here in Acts 19. Something deeper had to happen. Something greater for them because they were taught a truth. They, now watch it now. They were taught a truth they did not know. Now you've been taught a truth this morning you did not know. Because everybody would tell you you are so valuable to God. He sent Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you he sent Jesus Christ to eradicate sin. That's why he sent Jesus Christ. He sent Jesus Christ to eradicate sin. And you were the recipient by your belief system. Because you were willing to believe on the eradication of sin in you that Jesus Christ accomplished at the cross, the tomb, and all of those places. And now because you have believed, watch what happens. It's right there on the screen. When they heard this, what did they hear? They heard that repentance, recognition of wrong, the agreement with, I didn't do right. I should have done better. I will do better. Wasn't enough. What did they hear? They heard that they should believe. They should build a belief system. They should build a belief structure. They should build their life based on something. And what is that something? Jesus Christ killed sin. 
Jesus Christ buried your sin. Your flesh can be as buried as his flesh was if you understand how you should be living because what is righteousness that you have received anyway? Righteousness is the standard of God. Is the sin in your life maintaining the standard of God? Are the thoughts that you think, the actions that you do, that when you're doing them, you know they're contrary to the righteousness of God? Is that meeting the standard of God? I told you earlier this morning, this is what you'll stand accountable for, my friend. You'll not stand accountable for the feel-good psychological messages that you're hearing today. You're going to stand accountable for the righteousness that is in Him that is given to you. Hmm. So Paul says to him, you're building your belief structure on Jesus Christ. And when they heard that message, the Bible said they were again baptized. They were baptized in the name of something that brought them to something by believing in something. Watch it now, watch it now, watch it now. They were baptized to something in the name of something that brought them to something. What was it? They were baptized in the name. They were baptized in the name. They were baptized, they were taught about the name. What we see there is the Lord Jesus. What about the Lord Jesus? Why is that important in this situation? Why would that have anything to do with why God sent Jesus Christ to the cross? How are you going to prove to me that that's why He did it? I don't have to. Paul just did. You're looking at it and can't see it. You're looking right at the Word and can't see it. It's right there. What is the Word? Lord. What did He do? What was the thing that brought Him Lordship? He defeated sin at every angle. He destroyed sin at every angle. He led captivity captive at every angle. He went to heaven and sprinkled the blood that blotted out sin against you at every angle. He became Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What was he lord over? Sin. He was lord over death. He was lord over hell. He was lord over the grave. He was lord over it all. Why is that important? He was lord long before you believed. Ha 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 ha. He was Lord long before you believed. Long before anybody believed. He was pronounced Lord. 
He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. In my name. You're going to now, in my name, you're going to have control over the spirit world. Hmm. In my name, I've been given to lordship. What does that mean? That all hell now bows to me. Everything that is sin bows to me. Jesus, uh, Paul I know. And Jesus I know. The demon said, but who are you? Mm. See, it's right there. And we don't see it. We don't get it. Why? Because we don't understand the process that God used to bring about the very thing that you had to have. With that process, you became the benefactor. You became the benefactor of when. When the Holy Spirit came in. When the Holy Spirit convicted you and convinced you. When the Holy Spirit brought judgment on this prince of the power of the air. Now what happened from there? Righteousness. Your belief system brought righteousness. But you were not the reason. How do we know it, Pastor? It's right there. Say it with me. Verse 5. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. What did the Lord do? He had completed the conquest. Of all that hell and every demon of, the, of hell had to offer. He had completed the conquest. And they said we have heard the message of the conquest completion. And now we believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over every sin. Every man, woman, Peter, every demon. Every devil, every sickness, everything that is contrary to his lordship. He is Lord over it all. How did they find that out? When? 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 Jesus came back, walked into the room through the closed door and said, Peace be unto you. And they looked at Him and He said, Peace be unto you. And they realized it was the Lord. And He looked at Him and the Bible said, He breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. And they did. Then He said, When you have received that spirit of drawing that convicts you and convinces you, you go about Telling people of the remission of their sins. And then those that's belief system get out of whack. You tell them their sin is as real in them as it was before they heard the message. Now what is that saying, Pastor? Because you told me that God eradicated sin. I did. I told you that the eradication of sin for mankind came by the assembly, by the structure of their belief system. So if you're going to believe in God, walk out of sin, and live the way you should live, which is righteous and holy, before an almighty God, then you're going to have to come through the work of the Holy Spirit when... When he convicts you and convinces you. I'm done. I'll finish this tonight. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the word of God. 
I praise you today for your goodness. May the Holy Spirit have a win moment moment in the lives of your people. Understanding that we have been freed from the bonds of brokenness, bruised from the bruising that sin was causing. We have been freed from the blindness that sin has caused. We've been freed from that. All we have to do is to believe on what you did. Is to believe that Jesus eradicated sin and that by believing every blot, every stain, every misstep, everything in my past, everything that is in my mind that should not be, everything that is contrary to what Jesus Christ did, everything is brought under that work. And if I will but believe in what he saw as the seriousness of sin, and I will be reproved of that sin, I can not only be saved, but I can be free from the bondage and the clutches of sin. Right there where you pray. Say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. I see that I've been wrong. Forgive me of it. Make me free of it. Today I believe that what Jesus Christ did was the destruction of sin and He is now Lord. He is Lord. He was pronounced Lord over it. And because He is Lord over it, I can come in to Him through His Lordship and give Him Lord. Make Him Lord over everything, every thought, every detail, every doubt, every <laughs> fear, every problem, every addiction, every hardship, every trouble. I can make Him Lord over that because He handles and holds all of hell in His control. I don't know where that fits into your life. But I know that the God of glory is speaking right now. How's He doing it? He's in a win moment. He's in a win moment. When the Holy Spirit comes in. When He draws you. When He convicts you. When the Holy Spirit is breathing upon you. And your sins stand before Him. And He is saying to you. This is your moment to have the remission of all of those sins. All of those thoughts. All of the patterns that have held you in bondage. When this is now, right this moment, the Holy Spirit is ministering in your life. This is the when moment. Simply say, forgive me. Forgive me. I have heard the truth and I make you Lord of my life. Just say it in your mouth and your heart right now. Speak it right out of your lips. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that. That is part one of uh, the message entitled When or Since. Part two has already been posted. We hope you are uh, 
enjoying that, and we want you to certainly enjoy this. Well, may God richly bless you until we have the opportunity to speak again. I again thank you for all that you are doing to share with us the Word of God. May God richly bless you and remember Jesus Christ is Lord as Lord. He has defeated all of death and hell. As long as we come to Him with the right belief system coming through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can rest assured that not only are we saved, not only are we prepared, but He is Lord, and as Lord, He will confirm His word with signs following. May God richly bless you until we speak again.